Well, we finished Genesis 19 last week. It took us a while, but we got through it. Um, jumping into Genesis 20, and we'll see how far we get today. Um, but I'd like to start out by reading the, the chapter as a whole. It's, it's 18 verses, but it, I think reading it as a whole will give us better context, whether we go through all the verses today or not, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, let's, if, if you can, open your Bibles to Genesis 20. It says, From there Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. And the integrity of my heart... And the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in, in the dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours." So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is a kindness you must do, do me. At every place at which we come, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah his wife to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. And before everyone you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So there's a lot going on here, right? And I think for us to fully understand this passage, we kind of got to look back to what's been happening earlier in Genesis. What did we just read about? 
destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham, he, he saw the judgment that God brought upon that city, right? Um, remember Abraham went out and looked and he saw the smoke going up like a furnace. And, and so he saw God's judgment. Um, what else was going on before Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you guys remember? He had prayed. He was interceding, particularly for his nephew Lot, right? And but before, before God showed him what he was going to do, what did God tell Abraham? That Sarah would have a son, have his son, a year from that day. There were going to be blessings because of it. In fact, the whole earth, nations. nations would be blessed. And so this is the promise of God. And now what's happening? It's like he didn't believe in it. Like, <laughs> this is a picture of God's ways are not our ways. Yeah. There is a lack of trust going on here, isn't there? This isn't the first time he's done this, right? Remember in Egypt, he when he went to Egypt, he did the same exact thing. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the question I have for you, why do you think Abraham left the promised land? He, he's now in, in this kingdom of Gerar, which is located in the, the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. Why did he leave the promised land? No, the, it mentions no famine. Doesn't mention anything. Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Maybe a fear of what had happened at Sodom. Fear of what if had happened at Sodom. Yeah, we're we're not exactly sure why he left, um, but it does seem a bit peculiar that right after Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed like that, that he left. And so he may have been a little bit disillusioned, right? Um, you know, he's still trying to process all this stuff. I mean, that's, you know, when 9-11 happened, did you guys understand that immediately afterwards, what was going on, why it happened, why God would allow it to happen? I know some of you in here were maybe not even born yet when that happened. <laughs> so maybe you didn't go through that process. Um, what I went through was the reality of we have an enemy. We have an enemy. We have an enemy. And yeah. we have physical enemies, but there is an enemy of our soul 
that is behind the enemies that did that to Anaya mm -hmm. And it's a reality check. It was a reality check. Yeah. Because it's just like the storm. God yeah. does things to get man's attention. That, well, like it says, we are without excuse. Yeah. We know there is a God, whether we deny it or not. So 9-11 to me was a reality check. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, 9-11 had an effect on pretty much every American at the time. Um, and the effects were different depending on who it was. You know, the, the churches on that next Sunday were filled. Um, yet it didn't last, right? Uh, but my guess is that there were also some who used to go to church who stopped um, because they were probably a little disillusioned. How, how could a kind and loving God allow such destruction? Um, and this... My guess, you know, and this is just my guess, God's word doesn't say this, but my guess is Abraham might have been a little disillusioned after what he's witnessed. Um, I mean, it was, it was a destruction of basically a, 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 a nation city, a city nation, right? A city state. And so we don't know if he knew Lot was rescued or not. Um, you know, Lot fled to the hills. You know, his daughters thought that, you know, we, we need to sleep with our father in order to bring progeny back into the world. And so who knows what they were thinking. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it was a devastating, devastating thing. And now we see Abraham leaving the promised land. Uh, and so he, he goes to... You know, he's heading towards Egypt. He doesn't get that far. He goes to the nation of Gerar. And again, the same thing's happening, right? It, you know, Sarah is saying, you know, oh, he's my brother. And Abraham's saying, she's my sister. And so what happens? Yeah. Sarah is a very beautiful woman. The king of that land sees her. Okay, well, I'll take her for my wife, right? And, and so that's what he does. He, he brings her into his home. And this, this Abimelech, do you guys know what the name Abimelech means? It's actually a combination of two Hebrew words, Abba and Melech. Do you know what? Abba, not Molech, Melech. Um, yeah. And so Abba means father, right? Uh, Melech means king. Um, and so he, he's a father king, right? Um, interesting name. And he, he takes Sarah in, into his home. And what's interesting about this is 
God had spoken to Abraham, given the promise that a year from that day, Isaac would be born. And now there is like interference with that plan big time. Big time threat. Right? It's a big time threat. Because if this man, because God is now opening up Sarah's womb, right? The womb had been closed all her life. God is now opening it up. And what happens? She gets taken into another man's home. And so this is, this is a danger to the promise, right? And so this is what's going on here. Um, and yet we see God come through with flying colors, right? <laughs> um, this whole chapter is reminiscent of redemption. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's what we do and how mm-hmm. we get rescued in what we do. It's a picture of my early Christian life, as it were. I waxed and waned like the moon. Sure. I, I yeah. had great faith, leaps and bounds, and then I would wane into a foolishness. Yeah. Until God said, hey, wake up. Mm-hmm. And this brief chapter is like that. Yeah. Belief, unbelief. Yeah. Will help my unbelief. Yeah. The waxing and the waning of what Abraham is working toward being God's man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're definitely seeing kind of the waning period here for Abraham. He's not trusting in God. Um, you know, if if he would trust in God, one, he'd stay in the promised land. Um, two, he he wouldn't be telling these white lies. But it's a picture, I think, for me, it's a picture of what man, the danger man puts himself in, and how God intervenes Mm -hmm. and makes it right again. Yeah. And saves from disaster. Yeah, yep. And, And how does God intervene? What does he do? Yeah, he spoke in the dream of Abimelech, right? And what does God say to Abimelech? Yeah. You're dead fool. <laughs> You're dead fool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. T, right? That's, that's the picture I have in my head right now. <laughs> Very absolute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pity the fool. Who, I pity the fool who takes Abraham's wife. Yeah, he, he comes to him in his dream. He says, "Behold, you are a dead man." He doesn't beat around the bush. Though. He doesn't beat around the bush, right? How would you like that dream? That's a wake up call out of a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he says, you know, you, you've taken this woman, but she is a man's wife. How does Abimelech respond? He's innocent. He pleads his case. 
he pleads his case, right? He, he, he actually, he, he appeals to God's justice, right? Earlier before we saw when Abraham was intervening for Lot and his family, he was appealing to God's justice. You know, will you destroy the innocent with the wicked? And now here we see similar language. Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Um, did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. What does that mean? In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Intention, right? His intent wasn't to sin. Yeah, and so in Scripture, it talks about different types of sins, right? It talks about how there's intentional sins and then there's unintentional sins or sins of ignorance, right? And yet God had the people of Israel offer sacrifices for both, right? And so there, there are sins in our lives where it's, it's not necessarily intentionally done by us, that they're done out of ignorance, and yet they're still sinful acts. How can that be? What do you guys think? Standards and is sin, and whether we know it or not. So, I mean, how God deals with that is a different story. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as the absolute standard goes, uh, just because we may may or may not realize what we're doing is contrary to His law, doesn't mean that it's not a sin. Yeah. Ignorance. What is it? Ignorance is no excuse. You got it according to the law. Yeah. Just because you didn't know doesn't mean they're not guilty. Yeah. It's like when you get a speeding ticket, you know, like, I didn't know. Yeah, you missed the... I, I missed the... the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very personal. It's very personal, yeah. Yeah, it's... To, to us, it doesn't seem fair, Right. But we're coming at this from man's perspective. God is, he is, he has a wisdom that's beyond us. Um, and there is a certain standard that he has set out. And whether we know that standard or not, um, we are accountable to it. He doesn't operate on a sliding scale of justice. No. Um, yet he also does consider our hearts as well. Because we see this in here, Right. Um, verse 6, And God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart. And it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Think about that. So God knew this man's heart. He knew that he did not know that this woman was married. And so what did God do to protect Abimelech? That's that staying hand of mercy. Staying hand of mercy. You can go this far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so out of his kindness to Abimelech and his kindness to Abraham and Sarah, he 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 stayed Abimelech's hand. 
Um, we're not exactly sure how that happened. I think it was probably because of this illness that we read about at the end of the chapter um, that was going on through his whole household. Um, but something was going on there where their whole household became ill. Um, and so God prevented Abimelech from sleeping with Sarah. Um, and so, you know, he says, therefore I did not let you touch her. Uh, but then what does God tell, tell him to do? Give her back, right? Yeah. Now then return this man's wife for he is a prophet so that he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. And so he, he, he puts a fork in the road of this Abimelech, right? You have two options. And what are those options? Live or die. Live or die, right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously this illness was rather serious. <laughs> if it was yeah. killing him and he was going to choose sin over. Well, it's even interesting because in, back in verse 4 he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? God didn't say anything about people, right? He said, you shall surely die. But now, you know, Abimelech, he, he must be thinking in his mind, okay, well, the sickness that I have, all the other people in my house have as well. And, and he admits, which is pretty amazing, he admits, mm-hmm. okay, um, he didn't deny. He didn't deny it, he, right? He fesses up that yep. even though he's innocent, he did do this, yeah. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. He could have said, hey, listen, I didn't know, and I'm, I'm not guilty. Yep. Yeah. It, you know what it kind of reminds me of? You know, when you... Have you ever had this happen where you are at a store or something and you, you pay and they give you the change back and then you go into your car, you look at the change, they gave you too much back? Right. You didn't know that you were taking money from them when you left the store. Yet when you're in your car, you realize that. The question is, what do you do now? I've done that, and then I went back. Yeah. And even a few days later, I'm like, man, i got to go back, and i got to get convicted on Yeah, yeah. Just keep you out on this, like, I'll go back. Yeah. And I rescue people and animals, so I give a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what this situation is like. It is, it is just like that. You have stolen from, whether it's Meyer or Kroger or wherever you were at, right? Um, it's about the integrity of your heart. Will you go back? Will you return that money? You know, the, the cashier won't know till he or she closes out, right, and counts the drawer. Like, uh-oh. I'm off 20 bucks or whatever it is. Um, yeah, because it'll probably get deducted from their paycheck. That's right. Yeah. Most of those people aren't even making it right now. Yeah. I just got a pair of shoes today for school. Yeah. Yeah. And so... 
Yeah. And so this is what we see going on here in this passage is God is putting this challenge before Abimelech and Abimelech has a choice. Either return this man's wife or don't and you will perish. Um, the other thing that we see too, what does he say about, what does God say about Abraham? He's a prophet. He's a prophet. What do you guys think about that? You need to act like one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is actually the first use of the word prophet in, in Scripture. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. um, and so Abraham is a prophet. What, what does it mean to be a prophet? You speak for God. You speak for God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when the prophets were, whether it was Isaiah or Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they would, God would give them his word, and he, they would have to speak God's word to the people. And this is the role that Abraham has as well. How is Abraham a prophet? He didn't appear to be one right here. Well, no, he doesn't. But in the He will teach them to his children and exactly. and to his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there something to the fact that God also told him in a dream that if you choose this way, Abraham will pray for you? Yeah, there, there's something to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so we see there's a specific role that Abraham fulfills. Um, that God has appointed to him. And so Abraham, as a prophet, will pray for um, Abimelech and his people. What was, what was Job was told to pray for his, well, no, his friends made him. Did God tell Job to pray for them? Or did he tell, yeah, God, he did. Yeah, God said, you remember toward the end of Job? I'm trying to. <laughs> God said, if you pray for these guys that told you mm-hmm. bad advice, yeah. they might have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so we, we see Abraham as a prophet that he will intercede. So he's almost like a prophet priest, mm-hmm. right? Um, he will intercede for Abimelech and his family. Um and, and we'll see some prophetic words as well from Abraham in this chapter as well. Um, but we are over time, so I'm going to, we'll, we'll stop here at verse 7. Um, and we'll try to get through the rest of the chapter maybe next week. Um, but any thoughts or questions before we close in prayer? What an irony that Abraham would be the one who caused the dilemma, yeah. would be the one to pray them out of the What an irony. Yeah, yeah. And it also strikes me that it's, you know, again, it's uh, God's you know, election is not dependent on uh, you know, our innate goodness, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. God, 
God chooses who he wills and you know, as as I said, yeah. you know, while while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, you know, uh, in this way, uh, you know, Abraham certainly was not acting like a prophet, and yet God had chosen him to yeah to be uh, his. Well, look at what David did. <laughs> yeah, look at what David did. Yeah. So that's impossible. I wonder that. I wonder sometimes if, like, somebody was a satanic child ritual killer or something if they went and said they were sorry if God will take them back blood of Christ can you know what I mean? can heal it's all wounds yeah. Yeah. yeah no I you know God is uh, his, his grace abounds I'll just mm-hmm. put it that way she um, will in no wise cast <laughs> out any yeah. come he will in no wise yeah. We're going to be amazed to heaven, huh? I think so. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, according to his confession, he believed at the end yeah, of his life. So. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, that's why I know I think about it a lot. I'm like, I wonder if they said they would, you know, if they would be God. Think of it. Some bad stuff yeah. yeah. Well, if he truly trusted in Jesus... He, he's with God now. So. My whole thing right now is trying to get everybody to leave so that they'll go to heaven because there's people in my family that I know won't go and I don't want, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everyone in the room yeah. probably has people in their family that you don't know, know Christ. I mean? Yeah. I did a little prayer over my little nephew the other day because they never baptized him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's. All we can do is we can pray for folks and share the gospel with them. Plant a seed. Plant a seed, yep. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, just your grace that you do pour out on us, Lord, that even in the midst of doubting and unbelief and not trusting in you, you still place your protective hand upon us and, and, and rescue us, um, Lord. And, and you show yourself to us, too, as we'll, we'll find out that you will do to Abraham as well. Um, and so we praise you for that. And we just pray for the rest of this day, too, Lord, that as we continue to worship you, that your Holy Spirit would be with us to lead us and guide us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.